What is up, everyone, and welcome to episode 411 of Combo's Court, and I am Combo. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and if you would like to receive bonus Combo's Court content, check out the Patreon page. I'll leave a link in the show notes for that. Today's show, Will of the Will and Brad Show, joins in to talk Rockets basketball. We discuss the Kevin Porter Jr. contract, Alpern Shangun's ideal role, Jabari's recent play, and more intro music by Luca Beats. Let's get into it. Luca, don't do it to him. Welcome to Combos Court, man. How you feeling? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. We talked a little bit before the recording. Uh, you had a quick bite, which is always good. <laughs> you got to replenish the energy. But um, tell me a little bit more about your pod. Uh, yeah, so uh, my pod is uh, I got my homie uh, Brad. We're both Rockets fans, both from the city of Houston. I actually met him on Twitter. That's that's the, the craziest oh. part. Is I, I didn't know him before. Matter of fact, this time last year, I didn't know him. Um, so met him on Twitter. Uh Kind of hit it off, clicked, um, kind of have similar backgrounds, grew up in the same kind of area, whatnot. Um, both love the Rockets, obviously, and, you know, decided that it'd be a good idea to just, you know, join forces together. Um, so we started hosting a weekly podcast every Monday, just talking about the Houston Rockets. We touched on a little bit of the NBA, but mainly Houston Rockets basketball. Name of the show? Uh, the Brad Owen Will Show. I should I should have said that. <laughs> yeah, I know. I knew it. I just wanted so you could. Yeah, tell yeah, you yeah. No, the Brad Owen Will Show. You if you just look up uh, honestly, if you just look up Brad and Will on like YouTube and Apple, Spotify, wherever like that'll that'll make it come up as well. So yeah, the Brad Owen Will Show. Most definitely, everybody go check that out. I mean, big news. This is perfect timing. Uh, coming out of Houston, KPJ. I always really liked his game. He has an extensive skill set, especially as a scorer. But I've been noticing a little bit more poise lately. He's been able to set the table a little bit better lately. And it's great to see him get this contract, you know, four years. What are your thoughts on the deal? It's it's four years, but only the first year is guaranteed. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. Like Stone, our GM, he finessed it. It was perfect. So, like, I, I think that you couldn't design a better contract for Kevin Porter Jr., given his, like, where he's at in the NBA right now than what Stone did. But yeah, it's the first year's game. I think he's getting around 15 million this year. Um, and then after this year, if the Rockets uh decide to keep him, it's pretty much a team option for the most part. Like if they, if they decide to keep him, um, Pat, I think it's like a day in June, his next two years get guaranteed then. And then if he meets a certain date after that, his final year gets guaranteed. Actually, no, I'll take it back. I think it's a team option that year. But bottom line is, yeah, no, my, my thoughts are it's it's like I said, it's the perfect contract for KBJ. He's the type of player who I think is on the verge of breaking out. Um, and I think we've, we've, I expect him to be a lot better than what his contract suggests he should be. Uh, I think he's definitely worth a lot more than that. Um, so yeah, no, I was happy that that we took care of the player KPJ. We took care of the team. Like, yeah, I, th- I think this is a win-win for everybody. Use the word breakout. It's interesting. Like if Jalen green, especially his second half numbers and KPJ had this production on a winning team, I mean, everyone would consider them breakout players, right? Yeah. No, like I, I think that, I have KPJ averaging around like 18 and eight this year. And I think there's room for him to 
to average a little bit more than that this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like like you, you kind of touched on Jalen Green and, and KPJ, they've they've been so far in the preseason, they've been shown that they've kind of found their rhythm and how to play off of each other and, and how to be successful uh sharing that backcourt. And I mean, we talked about KPJ, but I mean Jalen, he's looking like he's ready to take off right now. So I'm yeah. to be excited for as a Rockets fan. Yeah, covering him coming up through the G League Ignite and then the draft, I was really high on his potential. I thought he had one of the highest ceilings in that draft. With that said, why do you feel like the opinions on him are so polarizing? Because I think the talent is apparent. I actually literally just answered this question, so I I got I have like it nailed down. I, I think what it is is coming into the draft, right? He already kind of like the a lot of shooting guards coming into drafts already get kind of like this label. It's the same label that like Devin Booker and like Zach Levine had to kind of shake. It's just like the people think that if you go to as a shooter, if you go to a losing team, um, you're putting up your stat padding. You're putting up. You're not playing winning basketball. You're you're, you're just you know you're only getting that those many points because I'm sorry because you're the because you're like you're the number one option, right? Like that. That's why people think you get you get those numbers. Um, and so like he already had that kind of narrative coming into the NBA. And then he struggled his first year, his first couple, like two months. And he kind of struggled. Like a lot of our guys struggled, but, but Jaden yeah, was one of the yeah. people who struggled. I mean, a lot of guys struggle early. You yeah. Trey Young. I mean, it's just normal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, like, like you said, Trey Young, that's, that's the example I used last time too. It's like Trey Young, he struggled a lot, but like, yeah, Jalen struggled a lot. And then guys like Evan Mobley and Scotty Barnes, they didn't struggle. They were like yeah. good from the get go. Um, right. So when you, when you combine the fact that he already had like a, a pretty unfair narrative, I don't think that Jalen Green's ever been, a shot chucker, at least not from what I've watched of him. I never right. saw a guy who was, who was just forcing shots up. When you already had that unfair narrative, and then he did start out kind of slow, and the guys who were drafted with him did not start out slow. I think that like people, people don't watch the Rockets unless you're like a Rockets fan. Like, and I don't blame you for not watching us. We, we we've won 37 games in two seasons. So if you're not watching this play, you're not watching Jalen Green and watching him grow and develop all the whole season. Then like, yeah, it makes sense why you would follow the narrative from Skip Bayless two months ago where, where he said, yeah, Jalen Green's struggling. Like, yeah, I, I, I get it. So I, I think that's kind of why he's had that unfair narrative surrounding him. I'm pretty sure that he's a future multiple-time All-Star. Would you agree? Oh, for sure. For sure. He's. It, I don't have him making it this year, but I think he's going to make it next year. Yeah, yeah. Jabari Smith Jr., I didn't think it was necessarily a struggle in summer league. Just shots weren't going in, and the defense looked great. I did see – some Rockets basketball in the preseason. And I feel like he's getting more comfortable. Like I even seen a Hezzy pull in there. Like he just looks a little bit more comfortable on the offensive side of ball. What have you seen from the progression to college to summer league to now preseason? Yeah, I think you touched on it. Like he, he did, he had a, uh, he struggled a little bit in summer league. It wasn't like, you know, he, he was just wasn't comfortable. I guess what it was. I think he wasn't comfortable and the shot wasn't falling and he was still mm-hmm. kind of adjusting. Um, but what I did see from Jabari in college, right, is I see somebody who was confident. I, I, then, like, he, he would, like you said, dribble pull-ups, he was taking shots, he was postering people. Um, Jabari was yeah. was the type of player who, uh, you know, may not necessarily have, like, the same skill set of, like, Apollo or Shet, but, like, he was definitely confident. He he was, that's one thing that about his game is that he was confident in himself and in his abilities. I think in summer league, he was still kind of, like, adjusting and not trying to do too much. He's only played one preseason game for us, but in that one preseason game, I saw that confidence. I saw somebody who knew he could get a shot off whenever he wanted. And nobody could contest it. Um, and then you kind of touched on it as well. Like the dude is like 6'10, 6'11 with a 7'2 wingspan. Um, and I, I was at that game, the, the preseason game when, when they played the Spurs uh two Sundays ago, I believe. And like mm-hmm. when he puts his arms out, just extends his arms, 
he occupies so much like room on the court. Um, and he's somebody who takes pride on the defensive end. So yeah, I mean, like I, I I'm, I'm really happy with him. I'm looking forward to seeing him play this year. Throughout the course of the preseason, are you seeing roles somewhat getting solidified? Are you seeing more of that? Because I thought that was somewhat of an issue with the Rockets last season, right? That was an issue. That was for sure an issue last year was that we had a lot of guys who didn't know. And I, 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 I say a lot of guys. I think that was also somewhat on the coaching in front office to not like sit everybody down and be like, okay, this is the role. I think it was kind of by design that anybody could have had it going uh, last year. But yeah, this year it's definitely been that. I think that we've seen very clearly that Jalen Green is the number one. He's the alpha. Mm-hmm. Um followed by Kevin Porter Jr. That number three spot is kind of up for grabs. I, I think it's going to go to by default to Jabari, um, but I could see Shingun taking it as well. It, w- it wouldn't shock me if he's the one who got that number three spot. And then after that, like, we have a bunch of guys like KJ Martin, Tari Eason, uh, Jay Sean Tate, like guys who, yeah. who they they know their role. They they know that their role is just to come in and be energy effort guys and play off the energy of our, of our I won't say our stars. These guys aren't like stars yet, but like the – the number one and two options, the top options on this team, like they know how to play off those guys. So I, I think that this year you are going to see um, these guys kind of know, like these are the the, the ones and two, these are the guys who are going to lead us. Everybody else, we're going to fall into line. We're going to uplift them. We're going to go, we're going to, you know, they're going to they're take us somewhere. We're just going to be there to support them doing so. And I, I think we're going to see that a lot this year. We're talking roles and you mentioned Alperin Shangoon and he's a savant in the post and an NBA that, we don't use the post up as much anymore. He's a savant passer. He's a really interesting player. There's nobody like him really in the league. I guess you could say he's like somewhat like a mini Jokic, but that's unfair to compare somebody to an MVP. Yeah. With that said, what do you think his ideal role is on this team? Oh, I want to see him used as like a mix of like an offensive hub. I don't want it to be where like where Jokic is like the offense is Nikola Jokic. I don't want the offense to be Alperin Shingun. But I want it to be where, like, there are possessions or there's spurts of the game where, like, we are giving him opportunities to play make out of the post and to to, to put him at the top of the key. Because I, I think that's something that's an area where he really excels at um, having the ball in his hands and, you know, finding guys who are cutting or drop stepping, you know, getting getting layups. Like, he, he's, he's really crafty around the rim. So um, I want to see him find that mix of, like, being the hub, but then also being effective when the ball isn't in his hands. And it's something that he kind of struggles with right now. But I mean, he's just 20 years old. I, ex- I expect him to kind of pick it up and, and learn that a little bit more. I think it's actually a perfect fit because the team doesn't have a pure point guard at the moment that's going to get extensive minutes. And if you could do like the Jokic, Jamal Murray type thing with maybe a Jalen Green, I think that can make a lot of sense, right? Yeah, that's that's the exact comparison I've, I've been using. It's like the, like you said, we don't have a traditional point guard. We're going to be more of like a, a playmaking by committee team, at least for the next foreseeable future. We just like we just ex- extended Kevin Porter Jr., who's, you know, I I'm somebody who was very vocal about him playing the point guard position, but like he's not a pure playmaker. He's not a, like a pure point guard. He's more of a guy who, um, he he writes for assists off of his scoring gravity. Um, so we don't have like a uh, like a Rajon Rondo, Ricky Rubio, kind of like a pass first kind of guy to like set the offense. So like yeah, having somebody like Shingun who can do that for us, that's amazing. Like. One thing we could talk about what he doesn't do well, but like one thing that he's already excellent at is making the job easier for our guards. Uh, we talked about um, the game we just had Friday against the the Pacers. If Jaden Green had his his uh, career high in preseason this season, it was thirty three points um, that game. If you go back and watch that game and watch those highlights, almost every bucket he scored is either assisted, screen assisted, or like. Shingun set an off-ball screen for Jay. Like, but he was Shingun was like in every play, every single time Jalen scored the ball that game. Um, so like, yeah, he he makes the job easier for these guys. Tari Easton's been fun, huh? 
Oh, he's been amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can talk about Tari. Tari. Like I, I think the thing about Tari is I, I've been using this like uh, example. It's like the ball is magnetically attracted to his hands. It it does not make sense. I don't how how he's able to to position himself for all these rebounds, really like on the offensive rebound. And, A like, nose for the basketball, pretty much, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 like, yeah. He's somebody that they said they don't draw plays for him. And in Tari, I think he averaged around 17 points in the preseason, which I don't expect him to average 17 points his rookie season. I mean, that would be nice, but I I, I don't think he's going to. But like he got 17 points and not a single play was drawn for him. There was he, he's not a guy who like who gets the ball in his hands and gets to go self-create. Like those are 17 points off of catch and shoot. Um, and then just being a hard worker, just grabbing grabbing boards, you know, being in the right place at the right time. And so uh, you know, we're a team that last season struggled in like the effort department at times i don't see that being a problem this year when we have guys like tari Eason and jabari smith you know way back i connected or i made the link that maybe eric gordon should become a laker eventually like i always thought he was a great fit there um i don't know if it's too late for that but i'm surprised that he's still a rocket are you i i am i, I <laughs> that's another thing i was talking about earlier today too is like He's we've like, and I I don't I don't mean we as in like I'm in the loop, but like the fan base and kind of just like nah, you're in the loop, Will. That's it. Nah, (laughs) hopefully, hopefully one day, hopefully one day. I I just you know I just go off of what I see, but but like we've there's been like talks about potentially Eric Gordon being traded for years now, um like since James Harden was still here, we we had been talking about like maybe trading Eric Gordon. And then for sure, after uh, James Harden left, like the idea was that we were going to cash in all of our vets. So like, you know, PJ Tucker got traded. Um, why am I trying to blank here? Uh, Robert Covington got traded. Uh, we traded Daniel ben House left, right? Yeah, House. Yeah. I don't. Th- I think we just waved House though. <laughs> Unfortunately, I think I think he it's just good, got it's waved. good to actually see him on the Sixers. I like. Yeah, that. yeah, I, I'm yeah. happy for him. Um, yeah. But like, but the point I was trying to make is like we've been let, we let go of a lot of our vets like in this effort to like cash in on their value and kind of goes to this this young youth movement. And Eric Gordon has been somebody who year in and year out, like has found a way to still be on this roster. Um, is there a reason for it? Is there a good reason for him being on this roster? I think it's because it's hard to trade Eric, right? Because he's somebody who's who's making, not, mm. next, I think I think it's, he's a great basketball player. I want to make that very clear. Eric Gordon's a really good basketball player. Like you said, like the 100%. Lakers, he would, he would be a really good fit today on that Lakers squad. Um, but the problem with Eric is that he's making close to 20 million and like i know it's expiring this year but like in the past he still had like you know years on his contract left over and so i think one teams were kind of dissuaded that he is kind of getting up there in age so like maybe you don't want to trade for him and then you know he turns out he's not worth that money which i, I think he is i think he's worth that to this day but you know obviously hindsight is 2020 maybe they didn't want it they didn't want to take that risk and then also um the rockets have a very specific set of parameters that had to be met for them to trade you eric gordon they want either like a, a first round draft pick or a really promising young player. So like they just don't want to trade it for like a second round pick or like a pixel. They want like an actual tangible asset. Um, you have to obviously match the $20 million in salary. So that's either that's with one player or multiple. Um, and then the salary that you match it with has to be expiring. They don't want, they don't want a long-term salary. So like, that's a lot of parameters and qualifiers that have to be met. Um, and I, I think that's, that's probably why it hasn't been done. Cause it's like I said, it's, you got to meet those and like it's, it's hard to meet and then like also like the team likes eric i think i don't think i know eric likes the team the young guys like him um and he he's a guy who's a good vet he 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 fits really well with the young guys that we have so like keeping him isn't the end of the world 
as opposed 100%. to like, I mean, that's we, kind of the situation yeah. that Jalen Green was in with the G League Ignite, like play with young players and get the veterans in there with them. Yeah, yeah. Like it's he's just somebody who, like I said, it already has been a great mentor and a great leader for our young guys. Um, the organization obviously loves him. Uh, and like I like I said, I think that they I think they are going to at least explore the idea of trading him, but I I, I think if, if those parameters were met of like first round draft pick or uh promising young talent and then expiring match salary, I think he would be traded. I, I think the fact that that hasn't been that's the reason he's still here. So I, I think they're gonna they're gonna explore that this season. And I, I mean I'm somebody who wants Eric Gordon to be traded. I, I hope he goes to a contender. So I hope it gets done. So Christian Wood, uh you got to see him play on a daily basis. What do you think he means to the Mavs? The deal was actually done even before the summer, so I don't think a lot of people are talking about it. Does him putting up the type of numbers he did in Detroit and Houston and doing that on a winning team make the Mavs a legit title contender? And will more, more do you believe more people will be talking about Christian Wood this season? I'll answer the second one first. I think I think more people will. Yeah. Um, like like I said, James Harden when he was here and, and Christian Wood were were teammates, they were lighting the league on fire. And I, I think that Luka Doncic can give you that same level of productivity, if not better than that version of James Harden on the Rockets. Um, and so like I think he's gonna make Christian Wood look an all star this year. And I, I think I think that obviously when you playing at like maybe a borderline all star level, obviously people are gonna start talking about you a lot more. So yeah, I definitely think he's gonna get talked a lot about a lot more. As for does he make them contenders? I think he makes them a better team. I'm not sold. Oh, and I have to take it. They're for sure contenders. I I, I don't think that, I I'm not sold that they can that they're going to win it though. Like whereas like I'm I, I think a team like Golden State or uh, the Clippers, like you said, like teams like that, I think are like really good. Would, would you consider them legit title contenders or more knocking on its door? Knocking on its door. Like it, okay. it wouldn't shock me if they got it done this year, but I. There's probably like three, four teams in the West. I would, I would probably pick Phoenix to win it before I pick Dallas. Even though I know, even though I know even Dallas dismantled Phoenix, yeah, yeah I, I probably would still pick Phoenix. But, but yeah, but it, it's, it has less to do with Christian Wood or Luca. It's just I think that roster isn't that. Like, who's the third best player on that team? I mean, Luca has to be really, really. Yeah, good. and I think he, I think he can get to, like he has to defy the odds with his play, and then Christian has to be really good as well. And and, and if there's anybody who's capable of doing that, it is Luca. So like I said, wouldn't. It wouldn't shock me if they did. Because like I, I think I think Luca, um, obviously I think Giannis is still there right now. But I think two years from now, Luca's gonna be the best player in the NBA. So I think offensively, he's the best player in the NBA. I mean, Giannis, Giannis is a better two way player. But I mean, to be honest, offense does matter more than defense in basketball. It sounds crazy, but it's simply true. No, it's and, it's uh, facts. So it is what it is. Will, great stuff. Thank you so much for your Houston Rockets insight. Where can we find you on social media and everywhere else? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter, uh, Instagram at Bias Houston. Uh, like I forgot to do at the beginning of the show. Uh, make sure you <laughs> tap in with with my podcast. We actually dropped an episode today, um, uh, talking about uh, preseason with the Rockets and um, what to expect from the the rec season for the Rockets. If you're into that stuff like that, it's the Brad and Will show. Like I said, you just type in Brad and Will on any any of those platforms, you'll you'll find it. But thank you for having me, though. Oh, anytime. Thanks so much for taking the time. You're always welcome back, and talk soon. Thank you. There it is, another episode of Combo's Court. Big shouts to Will for joining in. Big shouts to everyone who tunes into the show across the globe. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and if you would like to receive bonus Combo's Court content, I'll leave a link in the show notes for that. Be on the lookout for episode 412. Combo out.